I'm McKinley, and this is Farming the Future, a Purdue Ag Week podcast. On this week's episode, we are discussing animal agriculture with Dr. Stacey Crowder. Dr. Crowder is the monogastric product manager at PMI Additives, a division of Land O'Lakes. All right, so we're here with Dr. Stacey Crowder. Can you tell us about yourself, what you do, some of the research that you've done? Yeah, so I have been in uh, animal nutrition industry for 19 years. Uh, I have worked with multiple species and I, I like to describe what I do as kind of the intersection between nutrition and health, um, understanding how to keep animals healthy and how to uh, produce uh, protein for human consumption and do that in a way that is sustainable for our environment, but also is sustainable for farming uh, for the producer as well. So I like how you said the, it's kind of the intersection between nutrition and health. So antibiotic use is a really hot topic in agriculture. How has this impacted the industry and what would be your take on the issue? So uh, with antibiotic, the discussion around antibiotic use, actually, uh, I just want to clear up one slight little misconception uh, because I'm not exactly for sure your audience uh, for for your podcast here, but I want everyone who is listening to this to understand that the meat that is in the supermarket that you're purchasing to take home and feed your families, that that meat is all antibiotic free. And so once we've cleared that up, um, I actually think the judicious, judicious use um, of antibiotics in food animal production has actually made the industry better. Um, we've sharpened our pencil when you think about the basics of food animal production and management practices and producers understand better today, I believe, how those management practices influence health, how their nutritional decisions, nutritional programs uh, feed additive use can impact animal health. And so a lot of the research that I've done over the last few years is looking at alternatives to antibiotics, alternative um, natural feed ingredients, um, and the use of medium chain fatty acids. And so they're a fat source, they're used as energy, but they can also have a health benefit and can um, actually make the diets that are antibiotic free and having those animals perform better than diets that are just strictly antibiotic free without it giving the addition of the medium chain fatty acid. That's really interesting. I read some of your um, work that you've done and one of the topics you hit on with the medium chain fatty acids is biosecurity. So can you explain just why biosecurity is such an important issue and exactly how your research on medium chain fatty acids has helped to enhance the biosecurity for the swine industry? Sure. So biosecurity in terms of uh, animal production, and a lot of what I do is with the swine industry. And so just like you have biosecurity in your apartment, in your house, um, you, you clean, uh, you use Clorox or Lysol wipes um, in your kitchen, in your bathrooms, you vacuum your floors regularly. So in terms of taking that approach and putting it on a livestock production unit, you do similar things, um, but in terms of people, movement, uh, you have shower in, shower out facilities. And what you're doing is you're trying to remove any um, pathogen or bacteria that might be on you and you're not exposing the animals to it. And then the other piece of that is in terms of the biosecurity, 
your groceries, uh, whether that's produce or things that you bring in, you rinse off your lettuce, you rinse off your grapes or your apples before you store them in once you've brought them home from the grocery store. Well, medium chain fatty acids, the research I have looked at is in specifically to feed biosecurity and understanding the feed that is in front of the animals. And due to uh, some of the natural benefits of medium chain fatty acids, they actually have some antimicrobial properties. And so in terms of preservatives or things like that, that you see in human foods, the medium chain fatty acids can have a similar response in animal feeds. And so we're protecting or keeping anything from growing on that feed while it's in the feed bin or in the feeder that the pig or the animal is uh, putting their head in in order to consume feed. And so similar to the way you would wash produce or um, have biosecurity measures for your home, we try to take and have that same approach when it comes to animal agriculture. So I honestly don't know much about nutrition. Um, could the research you've done on the medium chain fatty acids be transferred over from the swine industry into other, other species? Yes, so uh, the research I've done specifically focused on um, swine nutrition and swine health and actually uh, focused on respiratory viruses, respiratory health of pigs that had consumed medium chain fatty acids. The benefit to the animal in terms of medium chain fatty acids is potentially to an uh, immune modulation. So making sure they have a very healthy immune system. Um, in terms of that, that also is could play uh, and is used in um, ruminant nutrition. So animals with multiple uh, compartments to their stomach. So beef cattle, dairy cattle, and then also in other monogastric species like poultry. Um, in terms of food animal production, I believe the use of medium chain fatty acids can be used across all of those species. And we have seen it used um, in the pet food industry as well in terms of reducing uh, salmonella exposure to pet food. Um, and so your backyard chickens or your pets that you might have, maybe you have a potbelly pig or a mini pig that you keep in the house. You know, we're utilizing those same technologies in the pet industry as well as uh, the livestock industry. Awesome. So back onto the topic of biodiversity, you know, one of the biggest challenges facing the swine industry is foreign animal disease. What can producers do to prevent outbreaks on their farms? Uh, that's very interesting. Um, and those listening probably are like, okay, I wonder if she's got the secret to uh, curing all of this. And so honestly, it's just uh, follow the basics and understanding. So it's not one thing that a producer can do to minimize bringing in a foreign animal disease. It is understanding where your ingredients come from, understanding the sources of your ingredients, and then evaluating, do those ingredients carry a risk? If those ingredients carry a risk because they come from outside of the US, they come from a region or an area that has a foreign animal disease, then we can implement a holding period. So once that ingredient reaches the US soil, and is put into our warehouse, we can hold that for as long as 45 or, or longer days before it reaches uh, the feed mill to be used in animal, uh, animal feed production. That's one way. 
another way is understanding the biosecurity of your farm in terms of neighbors, in terms of in your own community. Um, some diseases are uh, carried um, that are transmitted um, laterally from animal to animal, but some are aerosol. Some come through contact of the fecal oral route. Um, so the animal has to consume it and then they get sick. But there's others, uh, some respiratory viruses in the industry, especially in the swine industry today that are aerosol. And so understanding the health status of your area of other farms there. And so there's filtration. You can put uh, ventilation filters in that can help uh, stop some of those uh, particles from reaching your animals. But truly, uh, other than just putting a bubble around your, your, your farm, it a little bit is just sharpen the pencil on the basics of people movement, animal movement, feed movements in and out of your operation, but then also evaluating your ingredients used at the feed mill where you're getting your feed products and understanding the risks that each one of those individual ingredients bring. And then as an industry, uh, feed biosecurity, there are products on the market today to look at from a feed sanitation or feed biosecurity that can give you residual protection. So once that feed leaves the feed mill, is there any point in which it can become contaminated um, or, or cause an issue? And so I think it's really just understanding all of the touch points in, in your system to where disease or problems can get in. All right, and then you have nearly, you know, 20 years of experience in the animal nutrition uh, sector of the industry. So what would be your advice for this next generation of agriculturalists? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Uh, I would probably tell you a lot's changed in the 20 years that I've actually been involved with the animal nutrition industry. And in terms of the term agriculturalist and what does that mean when people think of it, I stress to every student that wants to go into ag um, to take a communications course, to be able to communicate, be able to talk. Because understanding or being able to tell the story of agriculture and how agriculture benefits people and communities you have to be able to communicate very well and tell the story of what agriculture does. When I came to Purdue uh, to start my undergrad over 20 years ago, you know, when I thought of ag, I thought of, you know, the high school FFA classes. And that's what you thought about it, farmers, animal owners. And today um, we have folks within the agricultural industry that are wastewater management, their agronomy. Um, understanding the cross-section of how all of those life sciences and areas cross over. You think about STEM majors, um, science, technology, engineering, those majors, we're going to need those within the agricultural uh, space, whether that is designing the next tractor or the next piece of equipment from an agronomy standpoint to be able to get more our agriculture purposes. So we're growing population on the earth today. We know that we talk about how many more people will be on the earth by 2050 and how are we gonna feed them? I just think it's extremely important that the agricultural sector embraces innovation and technology and how we can get more out of that. So in terms of a student coming in on Purdue's campus as an undergraduate and looking at all of the areas and why would you wanna look at the ag majors? I believe, honestly, the sky's the limit on what we can do from a technology standpoint and what innovation is really gonna do. 
We see the land mass used for agriculture shrinking every day. We all see it in houses being built in what used to be farm ground. And so I think it's just going to make it more important for those life sciences, those technology majors to be able to bring that innovation that may or may not have been previously used in another industry and, and bringing that to agriculture. So I think it's really, my, you know, my, I think it's really interesting how you mentioned, you know, communications class is crucial, um, you know, just being able to effectively communicate. And there's so many misconceptions in agriculture. And so what would be one way that you could um, tell people to, you know, how to find accurate information and make sure that it's reliable? Oh, yes. Great question. So um, I like to jokingly say that I'm of the Google generation. If I don't know something, I Google it. Um, and so you understand that there's a lot of misinformation out there. So understanding the source in which you're, you're reading the information from. Make sure that it is a company or a um, marketing group that is actually talking to real farmers, to real uh, folks within the agricultural space. Um, you can do a little bit of fact checking and understanding the organizations in which are, are public publishing, um, whether that's it's a trade magazine or a national hog farmer or any of the like beef or poultry industries. All of those uh, industries have a, a communications group or a marketing group that's putting information out there. So first and foremost, make sure you're, that you're getting agricultural information from an agricultural source. And then the other piece is um, really understanding where your food comes from and understanding that, yes, you're buying it in a supermarket. You buy it at a farmer's market, but you may or may not understand all of the steps that go into that. So really just understanding that the agricultural industry is here to provide safe, uh, a food supply, uh, especially for us here in the U.S. and worldwide, but also making sure that it's sustainable. Um, farmers and agriculture is a family-based business. Um, these corporations are family-based. They started with a family farmer that grew and had multiple children that then came back to raise the farm. And so they diversified into crops and animal production. So the majority of agricultural businesses today are family run. And ultimately their goal is to put safe protein in the stores, in the supermarket for families to feed their children and to grow on. So it's really um, important that we understand that and agricultural information. Um, and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's you know, myth busters or what are the facts behind uh, crop production or corn, soybean production, or whether it's animal agriculture, make sure you're going to that industry's uh, association to get your information. Just, just double check and make sure it's coming from an ag agricultural source. Yeah, I agree. Um, I like how you hit on that. You know, it's families are providing a safe pro like product for you to use. And so Thanks so much for offering your insight. You know, we really appreciate having you join us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Once again, thank you, Dr. Stacey Crowder. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode of Farming the Future by Purdue Ag Week.